I think like always, people are chasing a lot of the gold rush. They're onto NFTs and crypto and various things and looking for shortcuts. If they don't know what it is and they're not studying it, then um, you know they're going to lose opportunity because uh, they're not informed. And I always say money's going to transfer from the uninformed to the informed. It's simple as that. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I am so excited. I have waited years, thousands of episodes later, to get the ultimate entrepreneur. Uh, his reputation precedes him, not just on Shark Tank, uh, but as a human being, a philanthropist. I'm in so many different deals, all which have to have a charitable aspect with them. And his name comes up all the time, but everything happens at the right place at the perfect time. Welcome to Entrepreneurs, the Playbook, Damon John. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. As I shared with you, uh, we have so many people in common and so many deals kind of like circling us. So, so thank you for giving me the opportunity, man. It's, it's great meeting you. Yeah, great to meet you. I will tell you, you've made me more money than you realize just being in those deals with me. And as we've shared those deals, it's just nice to know that we have the ultra entrepreneur now you know, giving back's a big part of what you do. And when I say giving back, not just charitable uh, give back, which you do all the time, but you empower millions of entrepreneurs. And why this is so important to me is that let's take sustainable technologies, for example. Everybody's so worried about the hole in the atmosphere and, or the plastics in the ocean. See, I believe in conservation for one reason, to give guys like you and I time to figure out the innovation, the time to figure out the solution of how we fill up the hole in the atmosphere, how we turn the plastic in the ocean into energy. Uh, right. That's who's going to save the earth is the entrepreneurs, guys like you that come from nothing and have done billions of dollars of good. And we can all do well by doing good. For you, how old or where in your you know, journey did you decide, I can change the world by being an entrepreneur with a capitalistic, you know, vision of what you have? I, you know, good question. Never been asked that before. I think that um, I had always read books like Think and Go Rich by Napoleon Hill and various other things. And I saw how these titans of industry change the world, good or bad. Unfortunately, there's been a lot of people who've done some bad things, but they had an entrepreneurial mindset. But really, it was a uh, 1992 when I really decided to make a go with FUBU. I had closed FUBU three times from 89 to 92. But in 92 was very, very much the same thing was going on in this country that was going on in 2020. Uh, there was a Rodney King situation. They were, they were burning the cities down. There are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, social issues. And I remember saying to myself that I'm not going to go burn a business down. I'm not going to be able to, I'm never going to pick up a gun um, and do something else of that nature. So the only way I'm going to be able to get myself or empower my community is to start something that I own that um, that I can dictate its future or I can gather people around and move in unity towards something, people of all colors. And as I did that and I created financial freedom for myself and, and also hopefully had, uh, you know, a lot of America or a lot of the business community look at our group and say, wow, they're empowering themselves and we should invest in them one way or another. Then I started to realize that you can actually do that around the world. Um, as I met more and more entrepreneurs, because as I met entrepreneurs throughout my history, most entrepreneurs felt that there was a problem that wasn't being solved, that they thought somebody else was going to solve it and nobody else didn't. They said, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to solve this problem. And I just don't normally hear that. I hear a lot of 
talk like that rhetoric from people in government, but I see a lot of that action happening with traditional entrepreneurs. And, you know, living in America, a lot of people take different perspectives. And I still believe that America has more opportunity, that this is still the place of dreams, that guys like you and I that grow up with nothing can still accomplish whatever they want. And it's the only place on earth that you can grow up with nothing and have equal opportunity to the richest kids in the world. And it's just a matter of your desire. Your skills and your knowledge are your basement, but that desire is your potential. And you really have a handle on believing in yourself. And for me, that desire that you must be what you can be is the inner secret to being an entrepreneur. You have a new mastermind, a private incubator, the Rise Nation that's coming out in January. And you know, it seems to me that this incubator allows you to touch in or, or help bring out that desire more than just the skills and the knowledge. What are some of the things you're doing with Rise Nation to encourage and inspire beyond give the skills, knowledge and introductions, you know, the, the, the normal sides of masterminds? It seems that you're really geared to the inspiration side with these different incubators and masterminds that you're providing. Yeah, so Rise Nation Mastermind is a group of seasoned individuals such as myself and yourself and various other people who are doing a good amount of business, but we know the fundamentals of business. And even though we're as connected as we can be, we're, we're a lot of times we're not having a lot of those, all the discussions. And what I realized when I was on Shark Tank is that I've been on Shark Tank now 13 years, and um, I got to tell you, I learned that if I wasn't on Shark Tank, I'd probably do business like I'd probably still be doing business like a lot of my colleagues in the fashion industry who are making a product. Hopefully somebody at retail will, you know, write them a purchase order, then put it out on the shelf, then, you know, whatever the case is. And they're doing business the whole way. And life is changing so fast, whether we're talking about NFTs and cryptocurrencies and or how your social media conversions, what platforms you're using, where are we seeing opportunity for finance? Of course, we do live in the greatest country in the world. If we get the five or 10% of crying and talking shit about you know things that don't matter, most of us know we live, we have more in common than we have apart. And we and we can be any goddamn thing we want to be in this amazing country. And what I'm trying to do is bring a small circle, less than a hundred of really qualified people together who are like uh, basically it's like if you were in if you were behind the scenes of Shark Tank and here with me and the other sharks discuss at dinner or around each other. And you know, it's the communication. You know, you and I, we may get on here right now and have a conversation. We have we have something really that we have something to talk about. Uh, are we going to fund this company? We're not we're not having like if we were in the office and I would I would say something like, hey, Dave, yo, we were talking over here about this. What do you think about that? And just get that. In. You know, that's what we're missing right now, I think. And we're bringing these people together collectively so we could do this. Look at opportunities collectively together, jump in, work with each other, strategic relationships, get more information, get get more people to vet other things, because, you know, we all are a tight circle of people. You know, you, if somebody is trying to trying to do a deal with you, you're three phone calls away from finding everything out about that person, good, bad, or different, you know? Or, or one search, even easier, right? And then you have to vet what you're searching. Um, you know, what's also interesting is you and I built our reputations in business in a traditional manner. Uh, you know, we were pre-internet in our business. In fact, I always joke around when I got out of law school, my mom who had as much influence on me as your mom had on you actually told me the internet was a fad and that I should be a real <laughs> lawyer. 
<laughs> that I was making a mistake in 92. I said, after yeah. we sold the, we sold the company for 3.4 billion. I said, sometimes fads hit mom. So uh, yeah. we're doing all right. But I, you know, I ran Lee Steinberg, the sports agency and always traditionally built brands. I never imagined that entrepreneurs like you and I, Gary, you know, Tom, Bill, you d- different guys like us would ever be branded as celebrities that people would want to take our picture um and you know a lot of that has to do with mark and you and you know others kevin uh on shark tank originally that people saw that there was great celebrity in entrepreneurs that we uh, really had a lot of the same qualities as actors and athletes um for you how important is personal branding in now the new age of corporate business, how important is the brand of the CEO or the brand of the entrepreneur? Oh, it's critical. It's, it's the thing that's going to influence the board or piss the board off. You know, we, we've seen that. It's going to be the things that are going to make somebody want to pick up the phone quicker for you. Um, and we've also seen executives themselves brand themselves, and then all of a sudden they can move on from, from industry to industry because of their mind. So, of course, absolutely, it's all about uh, your personal brand. I mean, people are buying into you personally. And, you know, if you were just a widget, we can get, you know, somebody to fill that space elsewhere, then the brand doesn't matter. But no, people want to know where do you morally stand? You know, what have been your exits? How have you been to deal with and communicate with? Can they trust you? You know, they buy into your brand and they buy into every kind of brand. You just got to be honest with yourself. I mean, there's actually people that like Kevin O'Leary. Believe it or not, <laughs> there are people that act, people actually come on the show to do a deal with Kevin O'Leary. I'm, I'm looking at these people saying, what's wrong with you? He's not the kind of guy you want to fall asleep with your finger in his mouth. You know, you know what I'm saying? But they're still doing deals with this guy. So whatever your brand is, you, and he is honest with his brand. He goes, listen, I don't lie because after I lie one time, I got to lie 10 times. I'm going to tell you the cold, honest truth, and it is what it is. And some people really respect that. So it shows you if Kevin O'Leary can be a, a respectable brand or a brand, anybody can. Yeah, I tell people all the time when you're building a brand, 10% of the people are going to love you no matter what. No matter what you say, what you do, 10% are going to hate you. It's the people that can do the most with the other 80% that do really well with their brands. Um, another thing that you do is work with kids. And yeah. it's something that I love to do as well. You know, why do you love working with kids? You know, I think that I think the first of all, kids, you know, as you being a, a, a fellow public speaker, the worst, the worst, the worst Q&A you can ever add, open up to is uh, high school kids, because they're going to ask you some stuff that you're really going to need to reflect on in life to answer that question, because they don't have a filter. And a lot of the adults ain't going to ask you those questions because they're too embarrassed or whatever the case is. They don't want to come off a certain way. I also think the kids are coming up. They're digital natives. They're thinking of problems that we don't know exist, that do exist. They communicate at the speed of light. But more importantly, I think kids need to see somebody who looks like them, you know, in certain positions. So whatever you are as a child, you know, whether you are, you could, you could be Caucasian, you could be black, white, uh, you know, LGBTQ, woman, whatever the case is. I think they, they're, they're sponges. And I think that if you don't give them the guidance and they can see themselves in your position of being greater than you, I think that also they're sponges and a lot of people can take advantage of them. Um, you know, with selling them a certain type of dream that is not necessarily in their best interest or society's best interest. So I think kids are critical to, uh, you know, to, to where we're going to be as a, as a, you know, as a nation. And, you know, 
in that context, our moms especially had great influence and inspiration in our lives and gave us great and really bad advice determined upon their situational knowledge. Like I always say, I don't ask my mom about business, but raising kids, I'm there all day long asking her, how the hell did you do this? Because she raised yeah. six, six kids as a single mom, all went to the Ivy Leagues except for the big dummy. Uh, but you know, for that, you've received a lot of advice yourself. And I was hoping you could share some of the advice maybe your mom had given you that still holds true today. Uh, one piece of advice that rings true for you and even the younger generation. Yeah, so um, you're absolutely right. Um, listen, my mother, I, I think she's a genius. Um, but has she said some of the craziest things that I'm like, <laughs> yes. And as I reflect on a dad who was a dad at 26, 27 years old, have I said some of the things that I wish I would not have said to my kids? Yeah, I have, right? But I got to tell you, the thing that my mother did that opened up my mind to the entire world, and I always tell the story, but I live next to JFK. And um, I remember seeing the Concorde, and for those who don't know, it was one of the first supersonic commercial jets. It was landing. Um, and we always were told that you either had to be um, faster than the Concorde or faster than the lights on the in the on the in the on the in the Empire State Building. Because what happens was during the summer months, the con I mean during the winter months when it was dark in Queens, the Concorde would land somewhere around five or five fifteen from France, and the entire neighborhood to shake and then all of a sudden you knew you had to be home because it's about to get dark so the way you would see is baseball mitts and stick balls on the ground and we'd all be home at, at you know in the summer months it was eight and change when it got dark so my mother would say you can see from queens the empire state building she said those lights better not get on or go on on that empire state building and you're in the street you better be home so that was the two theories, right? I remember talking to my mother saying, how do people build something like huge Empire State Building or men and women build the Concord? And she said to me, look around at everything you see, the, the streets, the buildings, the car we're in. It all started with one person that had one idea that took one action. And why can't that be you? What makes everybody else different than you? And I had no answer for her. So every time I'm intimidated by something or I think something is too big and too grand, one person had one idea, took one, one action. Um, and that humbles me, first of all, but it also makes me say, are you just ready to take on this journey that you are thinking about? Because at our age, Tom, I mean, we have to decide on what we really want to do. Some things are 20, you know, 20 year hauls if we get into it, right? And maybe I don't want to do that. As, as good as the idea it is, all the people, the opportunity, 20 years, wait a minute. You know, so, you know, it, it, it just really says it really humbles you and says you can do it. It's just what are you willing to sacrifice to get it done? And, you know, with the Rise Nation mastermind, one of the biggest questions I'm sure will be launching a business. There's more entrepreneurs that have been created over the last two years than ever in history. We have a bunch of people who will find out the lessons and struggles, mistakes and failures that occur when you launch a business, a service or a product. You particularly are great at launching products. You have your own shark marketing group. You guys have launched extraordinary amount of uh, not only products, but successful products. Uh, what advice would you give today to all these entrepreneurs that are launching their products? What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, have all the structures in place, you know, um, all your proper filings, all the ability to take in capital. A lot of times, 
um, you know, you're not set up to take in capital, no matter how much I want to give you the capital. I made the same mistakes. Google never went public in its first earlier days because we weren't set up and we didn't want to go into a reverse shell or a SPAC or any kind of thing like that. Um, second of all, you know, really be build, build your community, know what it is you're building, you know, and how are you using your community to know if you have something? You know, a lot of times people launching businesses are they're going to close their business due to overfunding. They're going to go out and borrow a half a million dollars or or, or, or lean on their house for, you know, for $100,000 before they sold one product and or built a community to see if there's even value in what they have. And then take affordable steps, you know, um, don't don't go and hire a bunch of people right away, you know, use virtual assistants, take small steps, you know, and, and just grow that business, you know, and only use what you have you know, allocate your proper inventory. A lot of people think that you need cash for inventory. My first, my first, when I analyzed myself and my business, I want to start off a business. You know what my inventory was? I can make 50 calls a day for six months, 50. And if I get somewhere after six months, I'm going to increase to hundred. I'm going to do something else. So the first people I called for the first week, the 50 calls, they may have ignored me, but trust me, by month number three, they were like, you're not going anywhere, are you? Or, hey, I thought of you. <laughs> You know, when somebody else call me, here's who you should call or I'll do you one favor. Will you not call me again? One way or another, you know, there was, uh, you know, they were they were doing something that that slowly helped me grow. And it's 50 calls a day. And so you got to take inventory, build a community and have your structure uh, and everything correct. And then also put in some goals. What do you want to accomplish in two months, five months, a year, two years, five years? You're not going to stick to those goals, but it's going to be at least some kind of North Star. I'll tell you one reason you're successful is you have what is missing today a lot in the business world, which is toughness and telephone. You know, I think <laughs> we're losing the art of being tough and utilizing a telephone. What do you think people are missing in today's business world? Um, I think people are missing a little bit of the gray area of communication and understanding how important it is to still make another person feel like a, a rock star and what's in it for that other person on the other side and not try to just automate everything. Um, understanding, uh, you know, especially the more seasoned professionals like us, you know, are we, you know, getting to the trade show two days late and leaving two days early and the younger version of us is getting there on time early and staying later? Are we having my people call your people instead of me calling Dave and going, hey, man, we've been doing business for 25 years. I want to know how you're doing. I know our I know our licensing department is talking. I know our sales department is talking. What's happening with you? What's going on with you? You know, um, I think a lot of that communication is missing. Um, and today, I think, like always, people are chasing a lot of the gold rush. They're onto NFTs and crypto and various things and looking for shortcuts. If they don't know what it is and they're not studying it meticulously, then, um, you know, they're going to lose opportunity because uh, they're not informed. And I always say money's going to transfer from the uninformed to the informed. It's simple as that. You know, so um, those are a couple of things. Communication, understanding how to make other people feel of value, still doing your homework. And also entrepreneurs really are, are vulnerable. Entrepreneurs have to have a little bit of vulnerability and tell people, I don't know what I'm doing here because then people gather around you. But too many people right now are trying to act like, um, you know, they're not human and uh, they're just showing us their sizzle reel instead of their blooper reel. I love it. Yeah. Ignorant arrogance will kill you. Ignorant humility will get you there by asking for help. And I'm so excited about your Rise Nation program for the private incubator with Masterminds because you're taking all of these founders, these fast growing companies and providing them the situational knowledge experience, the dummy tax is what I call it. You know, yeah. if you want to see the dummy tax, 
you got to hang out and join the Rise Nation in January. Um, you know, where can and, and let me and let me let me do some call outs because yeah. so, I so 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 and and to set up and thank you for the perfect setup. It's you got to be doing a million or more. It's going to be less than a hundred people uh, in this. Uh, you, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in there doing ten and fifty million dollars a year. Um, the best way is that you go on and you apply, and we get to vet you. So uh, it's Rise Nation Mastermind. But what you're going to do is you're going to apply at a uh, partnerwithdamon.com. So partnerwithdamon.com. Um, my name's my name spelled Raymond, but with a D. But if you couldn't figure out how to spell my name, uh, then you probably don't need to be in the class. So please don't apply. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to vet people. And this is about, uh, you know, basically you have to think of yourself like I'm good enough to be in a room full of sharks and uh, add value um, and learn as well. And I know I can do it. So we're going to meet quarterly. Um, you know, places like Vegas and Miami and, and, and LA, whatever the case is, and, and spend some good time getting to know trade, trade, you know, uh, the things people are doing, contacts, working together collectively. I feel very, very strong about this. It's like, it's like being in a room full of six, 60 sharks and, 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 and being able to share knowledge. Yeah, big shout out to that. We have the $100 million mastermind that we've been putting on for years. And uh, I suggest all of the members of the $100 million mastermind to apply. Uh, so reach out to partnerwithdamon.com. This Rise Nation is going to take it to the next level. So if you've enjoyed something like that or wanted to be a part of something like that, you know, the only way to elevate is to surround yourself with the right people and the right ideas. There is no question in my life uh, surrounding myself with people that understood and have paid that dummy tax. Uh, I always mm-hmm. say you want to get somewhere, find someone that's already there and ask them for directions. This is a place to get the directions, man. And I just have to tell you, I have, you know, I'm a 200 day a year traveler. So, you know, where Shark Tank is played, you know, on the back seat of those airplanes for sure. Yeah. And I have learned more lessons of two things from you, trusting and vetting. You know, you yeah. just have an uncanny ability to make someone feel as if, yeah, I trust you, man, but I'm going to vet the shit out of you. That's I'm going right. to ask the hard questions without, without making them feel bad. And I think too many people don't know how to trust and vet. So I want to thank you personally yeah. uh, for that lesson. And I'm just a, a huge admirer of someone who's given back so much uh, in his, you know, I'm not over-exaggerating. We, guys like us, we got to save the world. Let's, let's generate these entrepreneurs to fill up the sky, empty the oceans, make a real difference in life. Thank you so much. The incredible ultimate entrepreneur uh, finally get to coincide with him because it's an honor. 